Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Jennifer Wilson. Hi, Jim. JJ, so good to see you. Thank you. You too. And you know, you are the kind of person that always just has a song in your heart. I do. You, you just have music that just... I'm just, like a walking jukebox. It's just a walking jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the visual exactly I had in mind. <laughs> How about that? Julie Andrews? Well, there you go. How about Julie Andrews ah. on an on a alpine meadow? There, there, you go. there I can see you. And all that to say... You, JJ, have had the privilege of growing up in these United States, and that means that for all the struggles and travails of growing up in any culture, when you go through adolescence and life isn't always and easy I've and so on, some. still here we in this country have had some great opportunities, and uh, boys and girls have a sense of respect in our culture. But that's not always true. There are some cultures where girls are not always valued the same as boys, and right. uh, there are some harrowing the challenges and difficulties they might face. And one of those countries is India. It's a vast country, rich in its heritage and its culture, its legacy, so much to praise about India. But it's also a culture that has historically been patriarchal in a way that little girls born into a family, if you're already poor, can be an economic liability. Right. And uh, that puts all kinds of pressures on, on families who love their children but aren't sure how to survive because it's not easy to survive anyway without this additional burden of responsibility. And today we have a guest from India who has a kind of eyewitness story of, of how the world in India is working to help rescue and to provide opportunity and to help esteem and value little girls who otherwise might find the world a very desperate place indeed. You won't want to miss our guest and her story Stay with us. Our guest today is Neha, and she comes from East Central India. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jim. And we are not going to disclose Neha's full name because the story she's going to tell today uh, we need to protect. Because India today is a nation that is wrestling with its identity in some ways, and the Christian ministries that we want to describe are not always in favor. So we don't want to cause any difficulty on the ground, even as we want you to hear some of the great work that's being done. So Neha lives in a place where uh, she has had a great and rich experience growing up. And as a young woman in India, you have been favored, would you say? Yeah. How old are you? I'm 27. 27, and you work professionally? I work as a state program coordinator among children and their parents. And so you have a good job and yeah. you're well educated and you are fluent not just in your first language but also in English. And would you say JJ as Deha's in our studio? I mean just brilliant all around. I love her. She's so lovely and kind and though she seems soft spoken, wait until we get her going. Well, she has so you, much beautiful she, things to say. She has uh, the courage of steel, yes. I know, and does much good. But I I'm painting this picture because you, Neha, have been privileged in a culture where hundreds of millions of other young girls, even in your own generation, may not have had such opportunity. Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit what it might be like. You grew up in a city, but tell us a little bit what it might be like to grow up in a rural village. If you were part of a very poor community and your family was poor and uh, several other children had already come into the house before you and now you've been born as a little girl, what might uh, be the consequence of that? Uh, like I said, I work for among children, and basically I work in a public hospital. So I have seen many times that baby girls have been thrown into dustbin, and some staffs of the public hospital, they 
get them and they kind of keep them in their family so it's a very painful scene to see that and also i have some patient whom their husband leave because they have a baby girl in their womb and also in addition to that when the baby girl is having club foot they just divorce them or leave them by their way so it's not a safe place for girls not just because they are in their childhood but by the time they grow up the surrounding is not good like this not safety for among them even a, in the family someone there's a certain vulnerability for girls yes, of all ages yes and as you described it you've kind of touched on several uh, different uh, difficulties hmm. one is the poverty hmm. help us understand why would uh, a parent leave a baby girl in a dustbin or or abandon a a baby daughter who may have a physical disability where they would not abandon their son what is the dynamic in the culture that would cause the girls to not be valued as much as the boys girls has always been seen as a burden to the parents because maybe for their education parents don't think that that they should go for higher studies because eventually they will marry and all they will do is to be at home and serve the family and more than that the marriage cost is so high they have to the we have still have the dowry system in india where the parents have to pay the whole price for the wedding for marriage and sometimes even we still have the tradition where the girls have to take all the needed of her daily basic for one year so she won't have to ask her husband or her in-laws so, so this, this dowry imagine? actually pushes the burden yes, yes. on the on the little girl's family yes. for her to be married yes. they have to pay all the expenses and oh. actually generate a kind of per cash annum. gift or a yeah. big gift like a to big sustain her for her first year of marriage yes, yes. and sometimes even a bonus let's say to yeah. to get her married off so yeah. that's the kind of the economic reality yes. and not even just that but the her in-laws family sometimes demand so much and if they don't if her parents family don't give her it's been a high rate in india that the woman is been uh, who has been on fire by the mother in law or by her Can husband be abused and oh, yes. assaulted yes. yes yes so all of this conspires yes. if you're very poor already and mm-hmm. you have these little girls you're thinking wow I, how can i hmm. how can i afford to yes. raise them up or yes. to help them be married hmm. and if they don't get married then hmm. i will have to care for them yes. ongoing hmm. now you've also talked about another dynamic and that was just the vulnerability of women per se that suggests to me that girls are not necessarily respected or or protected yes. in the culture yes and so for these reasons if you are born female and especially if you're born female and poor it can be a tough road mm. uh, in many parts of the country mm. yes and so what to do all of that of course that that cultural background and context is a breeding ground for trouble because persons who do not have high values people who may not have any compassion or are accustomed to using other people for their own benefit could walk into scenarios like that and and take the girls or buy them or traffic in them i mean all of that mm. kind of flies out of that larger context mm. and that means indian girls can sometimes have the tallest mountain to climb in the world 
And the United Nations has even reported that it is more difficult to be born female in India than in anywhere in the world. Yes. And yeah. that uh, is a stark contrast to all the wonderful and glorious things about Indian culture and life that's so beautiful and exciting, but that is also a reality. If you're born female in India, and especially born poor, it can be a really difficult road. Which brings us to where you live and what happens all around you. And when we come back, we're gonna talk about the hope that comes in a culture that is crying out for life. Through in the dollar that I had And hoped you'd find a better way Call it a penny for your thoughts I never heard just what you'd say
Our guest on Viewpoint today is an outstanding young woman from India. She loves her country. She loves her home place. And she also has devoted herself to helping improve the life of those in her community. Her name is Neha. And uh, Neha, we're so glad to have you with us. And we've been talking a little bit about some of the challenges that can be faced if you're born as a female in India these days, uh, especially if you're born into a poor scenario and how vulnerable you are. But we also want to celebrate that there are many places in India where there is a light shining and where girls are honored and valued and, and can grow up confident as young women. And you, you actually call one of those places home. Your, your family has, has been a part of a ministry that helps make it possible for girls who otherwise would have very little hope of success in life to find that. We're not gonna name that place because uh, right now in India, there's some tension uh, in the government about the nature of Christian ministries and how they interact with uh, the Indian population. Even though this ministry is wholly indigenous to India, it is owned by Indians and is uh, facilitated by Indians. Nevertheless, we want to protect its integrity, mm -hmm. but we still want you to know the story and mm -hmm. to be encouraged. So this place where uh, you live and uh, your family has been intact, and it's just that your family has been working as part of the staff of this uh, children's shelter. Yes. And uh, so that's what you have known growing up is mm -hmm. in this community. It's a kind of a walled compound mm -hmm. uh, set apart from the city and all the hustle and bustle, a safe place. Yeah. And uh, how many girls normally live there who you would call uh, as orphaned or residents of this uh, orphanage? Now we have 68 girls being there, been uh, getting their education, getting their training after their educations, working with uh, some other places. 68. Eight. I mean, that's a large number. Mm -hmm. I've been to that place, and when you walk into the vast dormitories and you see all the bedrolls neatly rolled up, I don't want anyone hearing us to imagine that these 68 girls all have sumptuous suites to themselves. It's not like that. It's a little bit like going to camp uh, mm -hmm. in most of our mind with a common and shared restroom facilities and a common kitchen and so on, but it is a family. Yes. How old are the girls who live there? From what age to what age, would you say? From around age of three to 25 or 26. Wow. Yes. So it is a family of yes. all ages. Mm -hmm. And uh, these girls have one thing in common. They need a place to stay that is safe mm -hmm. and a chance to learn and to become. Where do they come from? Basically, they are from the states and from many villages out there. And so India is a nation of states, just like the United States. And mm -hmm. so where this ministry takes place, all across that state, which has tens and tens of millions of people, there are villages and so on, and these girls come uh, to the facility from those villages mostly. Mm -hmm. Although I know that just recently you've had some from Delhi. Because of the way the culture works, again, there's a lot of trafficking in human flesh there. And so tell us uh, what's just what you have just learned about these uh, two young gals who are coming. Police department rescued those two girls. One of them was being drugged and sold to someone else. But by God's grace, she was like rescued by the police. And for 10 days now, they will stay with us as a family. And within this 10, ten days, police will find a safe place for them mm -hmm. and they will be again moved back but in 10 days we have to calm them because they are quite uh, emotionally very disturbed and so we are trying to make them understand we might trying to make them feel some friendly environment around us feel safe to feel safe 
Yes. yes. How old approximately do you think these girls are? Maybe the uh, 10 to 12. Then. 10 to 12, and they've yes. already been sold. Yeah. I, I mean, they've already been trafficked. It's yes. an awful concept. Mm. And Delhi is some distance away from where you call home, and so these poor children, from wherever they originated, find themselves property, yes. chattel for someone else in Delhi, rescued by the police, now transported to another place, 10 to 12 years old, I have no doubt that they're terrified and confused. Mm. But that's the wonder of this place, yes. because the place is loving. And when you walk through the gates, it may take some time to settle down, but you cannot escape the reality that there you are safe and loved, you are valued and respected. Those are 10 precious days. Yes, indeed. <laughs> most of the people that come to the place, though, most of the girls stay for a lifetime. Or in other yeah. words, they, they grow up there and will stay there until they establish for themselves a career or marry outside of the facility. There are schools uh, adjacent. So when you come to this place, you not only have a safe shelter to stay in, but you also have a place to learn. So tell us a little bit about that, how how the girls go forward. Given the opportunity, do they excel? Uh, Do you find that the girls that have come to this place have grown up and succeeded? Yeah, they have been exceedingly good. We have some girls who have been uh, finished their master degrees. Who have some of them have been doing their nursing. Some are up to the educational, like they are going into teaching career. And we have one who just wanted to go in engineering field. So she is opting for her engineering studies. So. They have been given so much of opportunity. They just need to work on that, and they are working good. So when you come to this ministry, you may be in a desperate situation, but as you find a home there, you will have opportunity open up before you. You 
You may have some questions about what you're hearing today. You might think, where is that place they're talking about that does so much good for young girls? We want you to know that we are glad to speak with you about that. You can just give us a call, write this number down, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. It's a toll-free number, 24 hours a day. We'll give you it again at the end of the broadcast, but just now know we're always glad to hear from you, and we'd be glad to dive in with you with a little more detail about the great work that's here being described. Our guest, Neha. And Neha, this place that takes in girls from miles and miles around uh, and gives them life and hope where they might otherwise be sold or lost into the shuffle, maybe even abandoned because their culture doesn't always value them, especially if they have a physical challenge or disability of any kind. And so this place is the work and legacy of some Indians whose hearts were for these lost children, but also who share something else in common. And that's an allegiance and a commitment to Jesus Christ. So the frame of reference when, when a girl comes to this uh, place of refuge uh, is one framed by Christian spirituality. How do the girls experience that there? How do they learn about the Jesus who is the Lord of the place? They are being uh, nurtured. We have a chapel there. So every day in the morning and in, in the evening, we studied Bible, we sing God's song, glories, we sing from the hymnal. And they are being told the stories from the Bible. They've been to church and Sunday schools. So they are in a circle of God's people where they continuously listen to God's word. And in a similar way, as you have grown up in a Christian home, your parents and your siblings were followers of Jesus. Mm -hmm. These girls grow up in a kind of a family yeah. that is a Christian home. Yes. And all the people around them and their family are followers of Jesus. And yes. that's how they learn also, not just by the teaching, but by the living yeah. and the hearts. And, you know, in the scripture, JJ, there's a text which you might have carved over the doors of this beautiful place. It's in James and James, who writes this, we believe is actually the half-brother of Jesus. It's not the Apostle James, the one who has the same mother as Jesus, Mary, but a different father. This James has by blood his father Joseph, Jesus conceived supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. But that's important because James knew Jesus as well as anyone <laughs> who ever walked in this world. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a letter in the New Testament, and here's where he describes what true religion is really about. Mm -hmm. What does it say? James 1.27, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. It's a spectacular verse, really, because we often confuse what it means to follow Jesus. Mm. We might think, well, that's about stained glass or about orchestral arrangements or maybe even just dressing up properly for a, a church time meeting. and a place on a certain day of week. The, I mean, mm -hmm. there are so many things that might have a place and might have meaning and value, but actually pure religion in its most elemental form is about caring for widows and orphans, for the poor, for the vulnerable. And that's, Neha, the place where you live. Yeah. That's the whole reason for its being is it honors Jesus and gives life as it proves its religion, the value of its purity by caring for these who are orphaned, for the widows and the destitute, for the vulnerable. And in the world today, few people are more vulnerable mm. than a poor child, girl, born in rural India. Mm. And so this place honors Jesus. It's really a place where Jesus walks. 
and the people who work there and sacrifice there, like your own family, your own parents who've invested their lifetimes there, are people who have a kind of purity in their faith yeah. because they are so close to Jesus. And I'm so struck, uh, JJ, as you're reading that even, that of all the people that walk through the pages of Scripture, the Apostle Paul and Peter among them, James had a unique insight into the pulse and the heartbeat of Jesus, having mm -hmm. grown up with him. And for him to write these words also, I think, speaks to us about the primacy of this element of Christian life and ministry that we must never take for granted. And today, wherever you are in this world, whatever is your story, we want you to know that Jesus is interested in you. And if you're a follower of Jesus, he's interested in engaging you in a ministry to the poor, to the widows and the orphans. How can you do it? What can you do? How do I get help and how can I help? Well, you can take a step with us that direction right now by praying with us. Just join us now. Our Father, we're so thankful for your kindness and for your compassion, for the nature of your heart, which is not to take from us, but to give to us. We thank you that Jesus is the exact representation of you in human form, and that when we see him, when we hear him, when we know him, we see, we know, we understand you. We thank you for his heart for the poor, we thank you for this wonderful ministry of which Neha and her family are a part in India and for all the good that's been done there over many, many years and even still today. I pray your blessing on it, your protection on it. And I pray for everyone who's praying with us that they might find help in the arms of Jesus wherever they may be. And if they are walking with you already, that they might find a way to provide help to someone else. I pray, Lord, that you build bridges through this prayer and this program to help those in most desperate need and to bring life to all of us engaged in this great work. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So again, if you'd like to know more about how you could come alongside, or maybe you want to know more about how God can come alongside you, give us a call. Just dial this number 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. And when you call, we'd be glad to talk to you about how you could come alongside and help the girls who live at the place that Neha has described. You can also find more information and connect with us on the internet at cbhviewpoint.org. You can read there about the ministry. You can click to send us an email, and we will respond. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint. Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or send me a note, please let us hear from you. Neha, thanks again once more for coming to join us today, and thank you for your work. Bring our greetings to all in your home place. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you, JJ, Namaste. for being with us. So good to be with you always. And you know what? Julie Andrews is nothing compared to you. <laughs> And to all of you listening today, we are so glad you came alongside. We hope you'll join us again next week as we try always to help you see your world from heaven's view. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.